there you are in the screen. All right. Hey, Cynthia Sue Larson, <laughs> welcome to the program. Awesome. Good to be here, Daniel. All right. Hey, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna break some some interesting news for you. I think that we're in the dawn. I'm in the absolute dawn of a new quantum age, and I, and Cynthia, I think it presents a radical new paradigm that maybe we're not in our body or our situation, that maybe we're pure energy. These just the thoughts came to me. Is, am I going anywhere with this? Is this sound, is it ringing true? <laughs> Sounds spot on, Daniel. I couldn't agree more heartily. I totally agree. <laughs> since, since, of course, I got it from your website there in your, in your, <laughs> in your bio. But hey, welcome. You know, the one thing that the Edge viewers like to uh, hear about and talk about is uh, quantum uh, the, the the quantum universe and holographic multiverse and parallel universes and the Mandela effect and so it's very interesting to them they're, they're going to be sending in questions during the show and so we'll see where that goes but Cynthia Sue how did uh, how did you get involved looking what what drew you to this uh, form of uh, interesting topic well this topic pretty much came to me in the sense that I started noticing there were shifts in reality occurring and I was not caught up in the drugs, um, you know, the, the, I live in Berkeley, California, so I, oh, I realized it was a hotbed of all sorts of things, but I didn't do all sorts of things here. So, hmm. but, so when I start noticing that things, people, buildings, and so forth are appearing, disappearing, transporting, transforming, then there, I know something big is going on. I did study physics at UC Berkeley, and it started occurring to me that a lot of people are probably witnessing this also, but might be afraid, afraid to talk about it or just embarrassed, or they might be doubting themselves. So it seemed like this is back in the 1990s. I thought it's time to put together a website to um, share experiences, firsthand experiences from people around the world who are from all walks of life. So that way people would be encouraged to step forward and share what's happening with them. Mm-hmm. Well, um, it seems like the world is much larger. There's a lot more activity going on on a whole lot of different levels. And the the level that we're at, that the system wants us to inhabit completely, uh, <clears throat> it isn't very exciting for one thing, but it feels like it feels like somebody's deceiving us some way. I mean, it's sort of like children in the beginning, they're you know, they, they see people and various things until the adults talk them out of it and say, no, you didn't see anybody. There's nobody really there. Well, maybe there was somebody there. I don't know. Right. So it's it's this gets into consensus collective consciousness and the way that, of course, we'd like things to be orderly. We want things to be um, adhering to some degree of material realism because we're comfortable with it, frankly. But what's happening is this quantum age you're speaking of that you brought up right from the start, love it. When when we bring that up, what does that really mean? It means that consciousness might be the root foundational basis for all of reality. So all the physical things that we think are so very real are actually, um, they're epiphenomenal. They are coming from consciousness, in other words. Um, a lot of people, including myself, feel like there is an external force that uh, I don't want to say interferes with, maybe, but maybe you could say interferes in some cases, interferes with or directs certain things to happen. Do you, do you ever get that feeling? Well, I get a feeling of higher levels of self. Um, it's like I get guidance, I get nudges. Sometimes I'll be trying to go one way and I'll get the idea like, wow, things really don't want me to go that way. It's kind of like mm-hmm. everything seems to be stopping that. 
such as when I wanted to resist getting into this line of work that I'm doing now, um, you know, because I, I was thinking I'd just go back to the project management activities that are so normal and respected and so forth. And mm -hmm. when I started trying to do that, I just felt like my whole body was getting ill with some mysterious ailment that would possibly have no cure. <laughs> mm -hmm. So so that kind of guidance, to me, it seems like it's not what my egoic self thought was the right thing for me, but clearly there's some level of myself that really is strongly encouraging me to be courageous, to be, um, you know, usually it involves being more courageous, more empathic and compassionate and more hopeful, it, just all these higher level qualities. So mm -hmm. that, that seems very clear then when I feel like, okay, I need to be a bigger person, be more courageous and do something kind of that feels like I'm jumping out into thin air, out into space mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. say, for example, that I'm mm -hmm. doing this work with reality shifts. Mm -hmm. uh, reality that shift, that's interesting. And go, going out in space, when you said that, it triggered a biblical reminder to me where Jesus was walking on the water and uh, he called Peter out. And so, I mean, you talk about mm -hmm. stepping out. I mean, you know, sometimes we have step out in our mind or maybe we want to step out. I mean, we're talking about stepping out. Uh, where do I go to this restaurant or go to that one? We're going to step out. But how about stepping out on water? I mean, you know, sometimes we have to we have to do bigger steps than that. But let me welcome a few additional people in our live chat. Southern Boy, Peter from Australia, Paul Christopher, Life Station Express have all joined us in the live mm -hmm. chat. And for those in the live chat, if you have a question for Cynthia, just put them in the live chat and our moderator, Jade, will send them over here to us. So, all right. So uh, we have your book in the background there, Quantum Jump. So it is... Can you make quantum steps, or is it always going to be a jump? Well, you can think of it either way. I, you know, I, I love baby steps myself. <laughs> so I'm, I'm the kind of person that would prefer to play it really safe, and I like I double check everything. So it's kind of ironic that I'm involved in this whole field of really, literally jumping into a whole new reality. Is what we're talking about. I prefer to go in tiny little baby steps. Mm. Um, you know, just because. I like things to be somewhat have a modicum of, um, you know, connectivity so that I, I can get my bearings mm -hmm. so that I can feel like I still have familiarity with my mm -hmm. surroundings and what I'm doing. So I prefer the baby steps personally. So, of course, yeah, you can do that. We had a guest on the program a couple of years ago and it was talking about living your life dream. And it's a, she said, and it was obviously correct, said, no matter what step you take, if you're stepping toward your goal, that's great and you'll get there and that say like you're looking for a, a job maybe you make a phone call one day just a phone call or maybe you make a note somewhere something you thought of she she counts counts those and said you over time then you'll find that these steps will bring you to where you head but I, but I also thought that we our brain puts up a defense for us that so that our heart we, we don't follow our heart. Our heart is more loving and giving and outspoken and outreaching, mm -hmm. but our mind is puts up a defensive wall. And wait a minute, wait, 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 don't do that. You know, wait, 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 wait. So we could technically, Cynthia, create a lifetime of small steps and never get to the jump part, never even get to the, the accumulation of a single jump mm -hmm. because our mind's saying, okay, you you can you can make that call, <laughs> but you can't you can't go down there because you could be embarrassed and they don't like your clothes or what you you know whatever. So, you know, so your mind could actually be part of a defense stopping us from advancing. That's true. Yeah, exactly. I, I, when I hit those points, and I do hit those points, then I, I get kind of pushed out of the nest by my high self and my guides. 
what 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 I mean by that is like I think the most embarrassing thing I've done so far in the last 20 years is coming out and saying, okay, I will do spiritual life coaching. And I didn't really want to do that. I kept telling my angels, yeah, 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 I'll get to it. And I was making the baby steps, baby steps, and not really doing anything. It was massive procrastination, basically. Mm Kind of like, um, I'd rather be an author, I'd rather do anything rather than admit to this. But you know what happened is um, three women that I don't know, and that turned out they'd never seen my website either, they all phoned my unlisted phone number called me when I was able to pick up the phone, and then they said, um, can you talk to my angels? And so, boom, I was like exposed. It's like, yes. And it was just the trippiest thing. I would I would ask, well, how did you get my phone number? And they said, my angels gave it to me. Mm. Okay, so that's kind of wild. Mm. But it, it, in my life, that's the kind of nudges I get because when I feel like, because I will be a little bit hesitant sometimes because I like the baby steps. I'm mm-hmm. comfortable there because mm-hmm. I feel like, okay, I know this part. Going to the next level, that could be scary. So when I get to the next level points, I get a push usually from my high self. I think we all do. I don't think it's just me. It may not be like that, but I think at some point when uh, there's a level of yourself that knows it's time to make the bigger step, you know, like you've been Mm -hmm. tinkering around Mm -hmm. for long enough. (laughs) Time to get out. Time to get out of ship like Peter did. Um, Yeah. So, well, uh, what's the difference between... um, moving into uh, sort of another type of universe uh, and feeling that you are in another universe maybe and say deja vu, are these, are these connected? Is deja vu telling you that you've made a jump? Yeah, deja vu can sometimes connect you with um, these multiple possible realities that we're all connected to at that level of consciousness that we truly are. So when you're having a deja vu experience or or a future memory experience. These are different things, but they're very interrelated. Future memory would be, it's when you have a memory and it's so real, you can't tell it's not a memory. And um, it's happened to me and it's a little bit confusing because then I'll think, but this hasn't happened. And then I'll realize, oh, that's a future memory. So um, that's similar to a deja vu. For me personally, the deja vu is where I've usually dreamt or daydreamed something. And now I'm living that exact sequence of events just that I dreamt previously. And that's kind of, it's almost like I'd been selecting, flipping through pages of a catalog, choosing that, I like that moment, let's do that one. And then I'm living it like, whoa, this is crazy. It's like, I, like I've done this before. That's mm-hmm. the deja vu. Mm. And the, the future memory has a totally different feeling. And then they're also adjacent reality feelings. Mm-hmm. So you can start tuning in all these different ways of playing with these different so-called timelines, mm-hmm. if you will. Well, maybe maybe the Moody Blues was prophetic because they had an album called Days of Futures Past, I believe. And that always intrigued me right there. I was like, man, music going to bring us somewhere finally rather than just just a little beat ditty to, to sing along with. Man, sometimes things are revealed in the strange, strangest places. And we can get information. You know, if people talk to each other long enough, both people will get something of value. This program tries to bring people various viewpoints to the show because, man, the, the world needs to communicate, and there's a lot less communication. It, it reminds me of the movie Contact with Jodie Foster where Matthew <laughs> Mahanae said as a priest, he said, here, here we are in this technologically advanced world, paraphrasing, uh, but has it drawn us closer together? No, we're actually further apart. So, you know, the... 
And now in this particular case, we're using technology to, to bring us together here to have a program and then the people in live chat are have coming in. So I see that as a useful purpose. But in, in general, oh, when you said you said you uh, people, somebody called you up, I said most people, if they call you up and they didn't know your numbers because you just been doxxed. So hopefully you were <laughs> hopefully you weren't doxxed and it was more, you know, magical. Yeah. And, yeah, I've had, I've had, um, it's weird when those things happen that I'm usually, I've just been meditating. It, it's happened more than just those times. It's also, I've been able to help people that were having Kundalini crises. And I guess I'm the Kundalini hotline or I, mm. one of many probably. And these are people who might spontaneously combust. But what happens in those cases is I, I get an inspiration, go sit by the phone, meditate. <laughs> And so I do that, and then when I'm just in this perfect zone, the phone rings, and I just know pick it up, so I pick it up, and then the person on the other end is having, they don't even say hi, because they're having a crisis. Mm -hmm. And they just say, everything feels really weird. I'm like, okay, let me just see that with you. And I just work with their energy with them, and um, it's happened more than once. So it's happened several times. Cynthia, can a person survive spontaneous combustion? I think if you get help, um, I think what's really interesting is it looks like there may be such a thing as quantum immortality through quantum jumping. Mm -hmm. That means you can be imminently about to get run over by a truck. You can be about ready to fall out of an airplane. It doesn't matter. Um, maybe they botch a surgery. It doesn't matter what's about to happen. It's irrelevant of circumstance. All of these things, you can survive through this mm -hmm. quantum jumping. Yes, mm -hmm. all, all of it. And also spontaneous Human combustion, all of it. So yeah. if, you're, if you're getting ready to catch on fire, you need to do a jump right then? Well, um, I, I think most people would. I know some people set themselves on fire, which I don't recommend, but for protests and so forth. But um, yeah, but if yeah. you're about, um, one that's most common that I hear about is the oncoming vehicular accident where someone's about to get um, in a head-on collision with, for example, an 18-wheeler vehicle. And they just have moments, and they just feel like that's it, we're done for. Mm -hmm. The next thing they know, they're on the other side of the vehicle, and it was in a tunnel or a narrow passageway. There was no room to, there's no room for the two vehicles to pass each other. Then the next thing you know, they're, they're just like they've um, quantum mm -hmm. tunneled through one another. Man, I'm, I tell you what, I must have been in one of those quantum tunnels. I have been on a road. There is no way that my truck should not have smashed a mirror of the other truck or vice versa. And so I'm going to ask that in live chat. Um, people in live chat, have you been on a lonely road somewhere and, and like maybe a single lane and you're going and you know you should have smashed into them, but you didn't? Just put a quick yes or no in the live chat. And speaking of the live chat and, and taking a little little audio poll there, uh, Cynthia, we have two mm -hmm. polls on the website regarding to tonight's topic. Uh, the first one is, is the Mandela effect real? The answers can be absolutely no way looking for proof. Yeah, and the earth is flat. We're running, we are in the Truman Show, and it's only disinfo. Second poll that people can take while they're watching the program, We do we live in a holographic universe? And the answer is there. No, nah, just a regular universe. Of course we do. I've been to other universes. Only in my mind they're hiding it, and, or I'm thirsty. Right now I'm thirsty. I'm going to drink, drink what I got here. So let me just see what our poll results are so far, see if we got, got anything. All right, the Mandela effect. We got 58% uh, respondents, uh, Cynthia, say it's absolutely real. So we'll mm -hmm. leave it at that and down from there. And then let's go check the other poll here. Uh, do we live in a holographic universe? Now we got 37% say, nah, just a regular old run-of-the-mill universe. Did, was the Truman Show trying to tell us something? 
I think so, because it's it's indicating um, maybe not literal truth. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, so I'm not the kind of person that would say, oh, my gosh, yes, we're all being watched. Um, I mean, there are, of course, I'm going to leave that part of the topic out. So the Truman Show is, for those who haven't seen it, stars Jim Carrey, the actor, and he thinks that he's just living his regular life and then come to find out in the course of the film, I don't want to spoil it too much, I think most people have seen it, he starts noticing, wait a minute, something's really weird. It's kind of like everything is geared to be responding and reacting to me. Um, And then uh, I really don't want to give too many spoilers away. Mm -hmm. So to the degree that we live in a subjective reality, yes, I'd say absolutely yes. And that means every single one of us can be having a unique set of experiences unique to ourselves. So we might think and assume that there's an objective out there agreed upon one total, you know, material, Mm -hmm. real reality. Mm -hmm. That's not what the most recent current physics experiments are showing us. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm so glad that that's starting to happen, that we're starting to see some actual uh, laboratory results that are backing up the fact that you can have totally subjective different observations at the same place and same time mm-hmm. in an experimental apparatus with the double slit experiment. Well, now that's that's an interesting point you bring up there because in in, in jurisprudence in in lawsuits and such you can have multiple witnesses of the same event seeing different things. Is it because in some cases where there's not nefarious things going on, is it possible that there, in fact people did see a different event? I would say yes. So I would be the kind of expert witness that would come in and say yes. And we have physics to back that up, (laughs) which is kind of weird. And that's why I mentioned in this book, Quantum Jumps, that it's about once we recognize what this means, what the quantum age and quantum logic and the quantum paradigm actually mean in terms of medicine and law, it's going to change everything because it's no longer a case of true or false and black Mm -hmm. and white, we're going to start seeing exactly what you're describing, that these witnesses are literally telling us about different realities that they experienced, Mm -hmm. and they're all equally viable. It's kind of like improv acting, where we're taught to say yes and. You're not supposed to, you're not supposed to be polite and respectful, Mm -hmm. so no matter what crazy thing someone just said to you, like someone just told me that I'm the pie maker, and where's my apple pie, and that wasn't what I meant to be doing, but now I need to serve the pie Mm -hmm. and then continue doing whatever else I was doing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a lot like what life really is, Mm -hmm. and we just haven't, I think we're catching on to it. You know, talking about uh, uh, sort of being in in a play, in a Truman-esque, Truman Show-esque type situation, it reminded me of... uh, of uh, 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 or Kamala Harris when she did a little scene and she had these children there and for most of us we're like oh look at the little children talking with Kamala Harris but it turned out they were actors I'm thinking man well they and, and I'm, I'm serious they were actors and Ugh. nobody had to answer to that and it, what a setup and then uh, and I'm not just going after a difference I'm just saying this only because I, right. I saw that and it's reflecting on this and it reminded me that this unbelievable situation where Joe Biden is using a set when he speaks from the Oval Office he's using a set and 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 somebody found that out because they they forgot in the background of the windows they had snow in the picture that they chose for being looking out the 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 Oval Office window and it was snow well it was obviously there was no snow there and so somebody well they found out they had 
but again, they just, you know, so I was thinking, man, you talk about a Truman Show. We're all being played in this in this kind of Truman Show. Let me go ahead and uh, recognize more people lo- logging in the live chat. Max Vogan, Tony Fortinot, and Constant Companion, all welcome to the show. We're talking to Cynthia Sue Larson about the holographic universe and the Mandela effect. And uh, now somebody uh, wanted to do a little an, uh, a thought experiment. And uh, maybe you can join us on this. I don't know. But one of the classic Mandela effects that's going around is um, is uh, in the Bible, actually. It uh, uh, looks like Isaiah, maybe 11.6. And it talks about the, the lion and the lamb. So we're going to do a little experiment here. P- people watching the program, if you got a Bible, be- because the new Mandela effect says the wolf. I think it says the wolf. And it the, says the and, wolf. And the yes. lamb. Well, <laughs> I never read, I never seen that. I mean, I, every, I don't no. know how many times, there's like songs I probably sung, you know, the mm-hmm. lion and the lamb, I mean, you know, and, 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 the, and the books of always, there's always a lion and the lamb. And how did they turn that lion into a, 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 a wolf into a, a lion or vice versa? So people in the live chat, anyone who has a Bible, if you don't have one, you should have one anyway. That's a spiritual guidebook, right? Right, Cynthia? Right. Um, yes. Look at that verse, 11.6. See if it says the wolf or the lion and just put something simple in in the live chat. Does it does it say wolf or lion? And then uh, maybe somebody will actually have a pre Mandela effect Bible. And the thing of it is, that's one of the classic ones. Another fun one. This is a fun one here, and this is it's uh, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Are you aware of that one? Well, I know of I know of one. There may be more than one. I mean, sometimes there are several. Are, are you thinking about the song? Yeah. Yeah. It's a wonderful day in the neighborhood. Now it says, um, it's a wonderful day in, in my neighborhood or something. It, it's something he completely never said. And right. in fact, I, I, we've been watching, we've been watching the Star Wars series because we thought, hey, what, did we miss out something? So we're going to we're binge watching, right? And so I wanted to see, did Darth Vader said, Luke, I am your father. <laughs> right. Like that, you know. Well, he does yeah, say that. That's, but, that's James but that, Earl Jones. But, and but you gotta been, say, there's nobody that can do that like James Earl Jones. But that's been that's been changed too. Okay, all right. Information's coming in. Cynthia is coming in on the information network. What we got here? Yeah. So this person says my Bible used to say a lion. And now it says wolf. Are they? Sh- <laughs> that's interesting. So they remember that for sure their own Bible used to say that. Yeah. A, a lot of people say that because this is our family Bible. We I know it's. It's not a, like a new Bible or something. Okay. Right? All right. Got another one. Uh, wolf. Mine says wolf. Uh, person says wolf. Looks like everybody says, but there, are, but most of them, there's numbers of people saying it didn't always say that. <laughs> it's been changed. <laughs> and that's the thing. In fact, I think somebody just brought up that they fired up CERN today. Yes. They, the CERN. Yeah, Friday. Uh, it was yesterday. Was it yesterday? So, yesterday. so yep. many suppose, mm-hmm. pontificate that, that causes a ripple in our universe, and that's where these changes are coming in. And that king, that uh, that lion and lamb is a ripple in Mister Rogers' neighborhood. Um, so I think in, in Mister Rogers' neighborhood now he actually puts on sneakers, but I remember it used to be slippers. So wh- who changed that? Wow. Yeah, things are definitely changing. The CERN, um, you know the. Large Hadron Collider. Uh, there's a lot of energy involved when they fire that up. So I don't know that it's necessary that we have the Large Hadron Collider running in order to have Mandela effects because mm-hmm. I've been noticing them before. Oh yeah, I agree the, with that. Before that collider was running, so it yeah. seems like it's just another 
um, contributing factor, most likely. That's most my take on it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree with you. There's been a lot, a lot of changes, uh, and that's that's the thing that um, when when a person says, "I know this," I know for a fact this or that, the 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 science community quick to collapse on that kind of thinking, outside the box thinking, and said, "Now you just remember it wrong." And everyone's got a mass delusion, you know, and and uh, that one that one uh, animated mm-hmm. tale of Bernstein always right. said that, and he's got he always had a tale. He didn't always, you know, whatever. Somebody, curious George, yeah. Curious George, that who he is? The monkey. Um, yeah. Anything at the monkey? Hey, by the, the way, those... am I am I the only one who's ever seen Magilla the gorilla? Have you ever seen that show? No. Was right. it American or was it Canadian? It, it's a what? cartoon from the seventies. The United States. Yeah, the United States. Okay, I, I feel like I'm the only one. Anybody in the live chat, have you ever seen Magilla the Gorilla? I realize that's a rabbit hole that makes no sense to be asking this show, but why not? It's my show. All right. All right, Cindy, let's get back to it now. Uh, do you suggest that we could be in multiple places at the same time living completely different lives? Yes, and it's something that we can daydream about. Sometimes you get that feeling like you're living another life or you might feel like you're spaced out or not all the way here. And so sometimes our consciousness does get kind of spread out that way. Or you can feel like you can draw in qualities or capabilities from other lifetimes. Mm -hmm. Like I've done that where I started um, the drummer that was playing on the stage walked away from, it was just a session with musicians uh, kind of jamming, but it sounded weird with the drummer gone. I could still hear the drums in my head, never mm-hmm. played drums in my life before, but mm-hmm. I could start feeling like my hands wanted to play the drums. I could mm-hmm. hear it in my head and I thought, what have I got to lose? So I just jumped onto the stage and started playing the drums and c- played through the set. It sounded fine, but then I kind of freaked out, like, what am I doing here? Mm-hmm. But that's exactly an example of it, just knowing there's another reality where I do play the drums. So I just bring that quality right in, no problem. Mm-hmm. And I think we can all do that. Mm-hmm. I, I think sometimes we see this when someone lifts a car off a child. You know, they get superhuman mm-hmm. strength, and they've never had strength like that right. before. And they'll, they'll, they'll make up things like they'll say, well, you know, it was the adrenaline <laughs> Mm-hmm. Or I just couldn't stand to see that child hurt. Okay, yeah, sure, fine, but something else is going on here. Unless you're unless you're in Hollywood, then it's adrenochrome. Uh, so you so you live out in California. Yes. And you, do you say you live in Ber- on Berkeley or? What? Yeah, I, I came here to go to college, mm-hmm. uh, study physics at UC Berkeley. So I came and stayed. I like the climate and mm-hmm. I like the scholarly um, atmosphere, mm-hmm. but you're right, even here, there's quite kind of a material realist uh, bias, definitely. Mm-hmm. So we've We're, done some conferences, Foundation of Mind conferences, talking mm-hmm. about consciousness, and um, that's a little bit fringy. This Mandela effect stuff is definitely considered fringe mm-hmm. by most mainstream scientists. Mm-hmm. However, having said that, I know some physicists and so when they have an experience that just falls outside the norm and they're having a reality shift, they're having a Mandela effect, then they come to me and tell me, like, I can't believe what just happened. But mm-hmm. because it, it even for physicists who study quantum physics, it's very shocking to mm. experience this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Just just an, just an aside, because uh, I'm interested in what's going on in California from where I sit here in the middle of the United mm-hmm. States. Are there a lot of homeless out there, encampments out there? 
Yes, unfortunately. It's, um, yeah, it's been that way for some time. And I think the economy seems to be making it worse. So just seems, well, at least I didn't plan to get into that. Yeah. I try not to get political. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know homeless shelter is political. I just ask what, what's going on in California. It's a, it's a problem. Yeah, it's a problem. Okay. Well, I mean, so if you've got homeless people running around there, doesn't, doesn't seem like they're the type that would would even consider such a questions or questions that we're posing tonight here. Uh, their basic question probably is who's going to give me some food, who's going to give me some cash or, you know, whatever. But so what, you, you moved to Berkeley from where? Sacramento. I grew in a suburb oh, okay. of Sacramento. So, so you've, been, you've been a California person. I was born person. in Sacramento, okay. raised in the Sacramento suburbs, and then okay. came straight to Berkeley uh, for college mm-hmm. and then stayed here. Mm-hmm. Except for nine months in Switzerland. stayed. I lived in Switzerland briefly. Lausanne, the French-speaking part. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, let's get some more questions in. And uh, one question I always like to ask the guests uh, that when we start talking about quantum universes and holographic things is uh, I men- I typically mention a movie that was one of my favorite movies called Coherence. Have you ever seen it? I think so. Is where, that it's where is it like con- a group of people yeah. and they're like a dinner party thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So it, it, it shows how that that could play out. And, and this is one of the best movies I've seen that plays this kind of multi-universe situation out that we could actually, in fact, they could actually meet their self. And years ago, I had a guest on the program. It's in one of my liners. It says, the person said they time traveled. And I said, well, have you ever met yourself in the past? And they, they said they have, you know. And so... I have too, yeah. Okay, now, so in your past, were you you or were you somebody else? I was me. I was, um, it happened when I was about 16 years old and I had... I had my first boyfriend who I later became my first husband later on and he had we'd exchanged little notes and letters and so forth and I had them in my roll top desk in a kind of a concealed area and so I'm giving this as backstory I'd yeah, gone to fine. bed that night so my room the door is shut lights are off I'm just in my single bed I'm 16 years old uh, living at home still and I uh, I see this this sort of a glowing figure that that's me she's like me decades in the future and she's thinking telepathically to me for some reason i'm talking out loud to her so i'm just like and i don't remember quite what i said because i was just so astonished and she's sort of float walking from she came out of my mirrored closet doors out of the mirror sort of Whoa. float walked through the room which is a bit weird and then yeah then she opened she knew exactly where to go what she was going for i wasn't much registering that took something which i later discovered what it was because it was missing uh it was the notes the letters and then she kept just she was just very peaceful very loving very supportive and then she went out the way she came i i'd been talking out loud so my dad came to my bedroom door opened it to check on me like are you all right i heard you talking I don't know what to say. <laughs> it's wow. Like, uh, I guess so. And then the next morning, the letters were gone. And I accused, I, I could not believe that my future self had taken them. I, I saw it happen with my own eyes, but I couldn't believe it. It's like, that can't doesn't make sense. So, of course, I accused my sister. Like, well, clearly, Ooh. you stole stuff from my desk. Mm. Mm. <laughs> she was outraged and said, no, I didn't. And that left the, you know, everything else was eliminated. So that means uh, my future self did take those letters. Very interesting. Is if, if a person were able to go back in time and if they altered something in the past, would they disappear? 
Well, uh, not necessarily. I mean, there are lots of uh, I've seen I've heard reports from people seeing their future selves or parallel live selves like driving toward them on the road, which is kind of bizarre. The same exact wow. vehicle, which is quite distinctive, um, like a certain kind of recreational vehicle or something with something specific on the top of the car. And that's exactly them driving the other way. They'd forgotten something. So they're going back home and then they're like, what the heck? That was me. So there have been some really weird glitches like that. Mm. Um, but I haven't seen people, I, I haven't yet experienced anything horrible where people just haven't been there. Um, that's kind of the thing you, you seem to be bringing up here. It's like, could you be poof gone? And well, that, I don't, no, that's I don't, one aspect of it. What about what about if somebody knew what uh, the, the Powerball number was going to be in the future? Could they go there, get that, and bring it back? You could. It might not be the exact reality that you happen to be in. It's kind of like we live amidst thousands, if not millions, of parallel adjacent realities. And so to be, in order to be able to get a good precognition that's exactly correct for whatever timeline you're on, um, you need to be able to see what's going on with the timeline that you're on. And so uh, what if you don't know <laughs> what universe you're in? Yeah. Uh, well, most of us don't know. I mean, how would we know which universe we're in? It's exactly. Us. Right. How, yeah. how, how would how <laughs> would like, one know? It's kind of like we need that you are here map, but it would be this hairball. It's like, kind of like crazy. It's like the artwork behind you right now. It's like, what the heck? If I'm there, what does that mean? Like, how do I navigate through this? Um, so it's okay. like we are um, through our consciousness constantly being guided to be where um, we most need an experience. It's like where you need to be, where you love to be, where you visualize being. Mm -hmm. It has to line up. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. if, if you're lined up, then it feels like your life is just going in that happy groove. Mm -hmm. And by the way, I do. I have heard from homeless people who have written to me with wonderful reality shifts, uh, mm -hmm. including getting handed hot meal when they're sound asleep, like on a park bench or something that's mm -hmm. really cold. And the restaurants are closed. So there's nothing open. They're just dreaming that it would be mm -hmm. nice to have some hot food from whatever restaurant. And mm -hmm. it's just like someone um, just leaves a bag of exactly that perfectly hot and fresh mm -hmm. from the exact restaurant that's not even open at that time. Mm -hmm. And that happened as well as finding money, uh, exactly the right clothing. Um, so homeless people, when they're living on that edge, some of them are the, the ultimate in, you know, practitioners of this reality shifting. Mm -hmm. And is it, is it more likely that, uh, for the homeless person in, in that uh, mm -hmm. condition, I guess, uh, or station in life, is it is it more likely that it's because of choices they made or because of some external force did something to them? I, I, I didn't ask the person what they thought. That would be their opinion on it. Um, I don't know if anyone can answer that exactly, but to me it looks like it's always the same thing. It's, it's We're working with levels of ourself. Like, how are we... What are we learning from each moment? What are we getting out of it? Are we learning, um, you know, what what is the opportunity here? What's the gift in any situation? So it may may not seem like a situation full of gifts, but when we mm -hmm. recognize that it might be, then we get the energy because we've connected with that kind of zero point where everything comes together. All the realities converge to a basically a zero point where everything comes from. Yeah. You can call it God, but atheists might be like, okay, I believe in zero point. But it's the same thing. We get miracles mm -hmm. from God. We get 
all of our good things from God. And again, the, I'm not going to disclude the atheists. Mm -hmm. I, they have to admit there is such a thing as zero point because what happens there is it's zero entropy. That means it's eternal, it's infinite, and it does exist. It's real. Mm -hmm. That's absolutely real. So as long as we recognize that we're in alignment with that, we're working with it, mm -hmm. and we don't put ourselves above that, I think that's the key for humans. We tend to be prideful. So mm -hmm. it, it, it's hard not to be. We, we, it seems like we get schooled to be self-sufficient and know what we're doing, but we don't really know what we're doing. <laughs> Yeah, you know? and we do. We have to yeah. depend on others. We're we're all uh, we're all in a, in a journey. We're in a physical body having a spiritual experience. I guess is what, is that what they said, or a spiritual person having a human experience. But I, I, I it seems to me that uh, I, I read that uh, uh, in San Francisco, the homeless people defecating on sidewalks is so prolific that they have something called a poop app, and you can report it and find out where they're at. I'm just wondering, when you were talking there, why couldn't the homeless people? go to another universe, defecate over there, and, and come back here, we'd have much cleaner streets. I see a positive thing to this. Yeah, or maybe they could all um, have housing of some sort. You know, there might be all kinds of good solutions. I like to ask how good can it get so that we can leave that wide open. Like, what would that look like? I know mm -hmm. Elon Musk was suggesting Twitter headquarters could be their new yeah. homeless facility. It's mm -hmm. like, wow. <laughs> He's a real uh, disturber. <laughs> he's well, like, yeah, he is. He's he definitely he definitely is upset upsetting the apple cart there and 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 the the status quo and making enemies from all around. You know, I'm just thinking <laughs> I'm thinking people that live in those gated communities telling everybody else how to live. I notice I notice they don't have homeless people work living on their street because they don't they don't it's 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 a con game. By the way, if anybody has a question for. Uh, Cynthia, just put it in the live chat and we'll get that to her. I mentioned a movie, another great movie I saw related to sort of quantum universes and deja vu is the movie called Deja Vu with Denzel Washington. Have you seen that one? I think I have. Yes. That's it's a all, powerful. It's, it, it's yeah, awesome. It is really actually, awesome because, it, again, it, it shows a, a, a framework of how that would work if we could go back in time and they I don't know, the government agents created a time machine, so to speak, and go back. And he actually, he, he sent a, a, a message to himself through right. the time machine. But what was interesting, one of the funniest parts of the show, or most intriguing was, they were showing this woman, like from five days ago, so a machine can only see five days ago, exactly, five days. And then uh, uh, somebody, and they said, well, they can't see you and you can't see them. They were telling Denzel Washington that. And then somebody had a laser pointer and they were pointing to the wall and they accidentally hit the screen where the woman was. And she looked around because she saw she saw the laser pointer come through time. And he goes, I saw that. OK, she saw it. <laughs> so it's really deja vu. It's a great movie. And I, I, it's very intriguing to me what we would do had we, if we had the possibility. But in Talking about changing things, Cynthia, if if we everyone has regrets and wish we wouldn't have done something, God, I wish I would have done that or maybe even said that. Um, if we change that, if we were going back to change that, preempt that from happening, wouldn't that still change us? I mean, doesn't the, the errors of our life become part of our life path? Well, they get... Um... The, the, the things we remember that we learn from, that becomes part of how we um, develop our psyche, our persona, our choices and going forward. So it's part of the fabric of who we are. And what's interesting is sometimes when we talk to friends or family and find out the events that shaped us so much, 
are different. In other words, we remember it, but other people don't. And this actually does happen. Anybody can test this when you get together with family or friends that you've known for decades and just trade stories about, do you remember this time or that time? What's the funniest thing that happened when we were together? The chances are extremely high that they're going to remember stuff and you're going to remember stuff that you don't um, have in common. And that is interesting because it means we've been shaped by these experiences the ones that are so profound to each of us individually that others are looking at us like, what are you talking about? Like, mm -hmm. and they'll say, you were there. And like, seriously, I was mm -hmm. there because I would remember this and mm -hmm. I don't. Mm -hmm. And it's not just bad memory because some of the stuff people remember is just like, what the heck? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and they'll tell you this ch changed everything. That event changed my life. And I'm like, mm -hmm. well, how am I only hearing about this now? Mm -hmm. So, so it does seem like we're each individually getting these opportunities. And you could say this is from God. To me, this is not some kind of a grand um, experiment of some programmer um, creating a simulation program. I, I know people talk about that, but I prefer to think of it like a waking dream, that this is much more like all of us um, waking up and coming to the realization not that we're automatons. I don't feel like a machine. I don't think you're a mm -hmm. machine. I, I believe not that yet. we're <laughs> good, 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 good. Yeah, and I'm not a big fan of Elon Musk's um, Neuralink, Neuralink stuff. That is creepy. I will creepy. grant you. I will grant you that. That really kind of goes back to what I said earlier, though, that all of us have good messages and we have bad messages. We have good experiences. So it, it just depends on what you know. If we can, you know, we, you know. Hey, well, I'm all for uh, Elon Musk's talking taking over twitter so that free speech can be returned to the internet just because there used to be free speech right. and and now there's not and so right. it, we all kind of knew that this can't last you people somebody's not going to let you say what you say and the whole thing about free speech is to be able to say something that somebody else doesn't want to hear somebody's trying to wipe that universe out and say you will only say what i want to hear and if you don't i mentioned being doxxed People get doxxed because of that, you know. Uh, right. Oh, um, I know. Oh, here's here here's a turnabout fair. Uh, is that what it's called? <laughs> turnabout fair play. Uh, this yeah. I think is this reporter from the Washington Post was, um, uh, and I'm not meaning this for a, a political slant, but it's 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 uh, um, uh, it's sort of well. Let me just put it out there. She was complaining and crying that she was doxxed, and mm -hmm. you know somebody she says it's horrible and. And she can't believe it. And then she went to this this woman who has this Twitter channel, and I think it's called Libs of TikTok or something. All this woman does is put videos that somebody else has put out there. You know, they're already out there. They're either on Facebook or they're on Twitter or they're YouTube. All she does is just take them and put them in a channel. You think, yeah. well, if they've already said it, why would those people be concerned? Well, this Washington Post reporter wanted to get well. So she went, Washington Post reporter was crying that she got doxxed and outed. And she was crying. It's like, what kind of weirdo are you? But she went to the woman and found out who her family was and they got exposed. And now they had to go underground. She did exactly what she says she can't stand, which people didn't do. And so, you know, it's, there's a, wow. uh, the, it's, it's a wild west show out there. And um, I'm just thinking, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for when when it comes back around, uh, John Lennon? Oh, yeah. It's, uh, well, it's karma. <laughs> karma, yeah. In, yeah. Yeah, John Lennon, the great prophet John Lennon, instant karma is going to get you, going to smack you right in the face. So, that's, so that's, that's, I don't know, yeah, man. We, you get prophets. Speaking of the Beatles, man, 
is is Paul McCartney really alive? Is 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 that him, or is that somebody else? <laughs> I don't know him personally, and I know about the controversy, so that's a good question. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, I'm sure. There are people who would say that is Paul McCartney, and then there I know that there are people who say now his ears are different. Every there, we can explain that there was a big switcheroo, mm-hmm. um, but it could also be a quantum shift too. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, yeah. he does seem slightly different than he used to be, but he also seems like he's got characteristics. So mm-hmm. I don't know. You, you know, you know what will happen if people play this uh, interview backwards? It's great. Right? It, it's going to say I buried Paul. So I'm just saying that's that's the kind of universe that I, I live in, Cynthia. Okay, we talk, we've talked about the Mandela effect, and we're talking about this from the very first. I, I mentioned uh, the dawn of this new quantum age. What makes this a quantum age? What what makes this new? Isn't this a repeat of the old? And we just forgotten the human history? Well, it's technology. Just like we left the Stone Age, the stone tools that we were using as primary implements moved into the bronze. And then from the bronze, we got new and improved tools. And I think I think people would call the information age our most recent time um, because it's all about bits and bytes on computers. But now we really have moved out of the the binary, the processing, the bits and bytes are very binary. That's that's yes, no, off, on kind of technology. Quantum technology is really starting to work with uh, quantum qubits. So that's where you've got entanglement happening. So instead mm-hmm. of just one little bit or byte working, you've got an entangled group or a cluster of um, these coordinated possible realities where the the quantum computing computational power has the capacity to start solving problems at very large levels that mm-hmm. were previously untouchable by our is, is, pre- is, is the stone age before or after the creation of gigantic monoliths that appear all around the world and sometimes miles underneath the ocean was that before or after that period those are good questions. Seems like those monoliths go way back, you know. And then when you look at the, what I love where you're going with this, because you start looking at like how did they build these monoliths? And the farther back in time you go, like in Egypt, it starts looking like they had some incredible technology, almost like lasers or something, to be cutting stone so smoothly and mm-hmm. melting it and stuff. It's mm-hmm. Like, okay, what's with that? Because that's not stone tools. Right. So our official history is a little bit off. But not if you look at indigenous history, because the um, the indigenous First Nations people, they start talking, their history is verbal usually, and it matches like what's in the Bible. They'll, they'll talk about things like there was a great flood. And, you know, that was real. That really did wipe out quite a lot of life. And they will talk about how we're in the fourth world, we're going into the fifth. That's a little different than the Bible, but there's still a lot of uh, validation and confirmation, which is quite interesting. Mm-hmm. I think I think most civilizations around the world talk about a, a a worldwide cataclysmic flood event, and I think there's evidence all around the world that such an event happened. I mean, I'm always fascinated if you go out in the Arizona desert and you can get seashells and stuff, you know, and it's like, okay, wait a minute, you know, I mean, <laughs> I I don't like I, I feel like I feel like a we get back to the Truman Show that our educational system is like a Truman Show. They they give you a nice box of information and but they really don't. Well, they do say you know, particularly at the college level, you know, we want you to express yourself and and to think out of the box and to do this. But even there, if you're thinking out far the outside the box, they don't like. They'll rein you back in and you'll right. be ostracized for doing exactly what they say. So it's really not that. It's really like. 
you think freely as long as you're thinking like us, the hive mentality, you know, and this is a topic here would be considered one of them. You know, there wasn't any pre-flood uh, civilization create. You know, I mean, anybody with a with an axe and a hammer can build 100 ton precision blocks and build a pyramid. I mean, come on, you know. <laughs> Excuse me. And we're supposed, to, you know, they 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 make these ridiculous things and say it's like the king has no clothes. Hey, just believe that. Wait a minute, man. I thought I'm supposed to be use my intellect here. My intellect says something's up here, and so I've always I've always kind of been against the grain of that. In fact, what I what I when the information comes to me, first thing I do, I believe the opposite of what I'm hearing, right. and then work my way back. Because if what they're saying, what it's what's coming to me is true, then I can work my way back and find out the foundations to that truth. But That's if true. I agree That's with that system. truth, yeah. if I agree with that truth, I'm 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 in I'm in a village. I'm in the village, man. Like like uh, Peter McGowan was back in the '60s, called the, the the village, you know, where he he oh it's called the prisoner, and he was in there and he didn't know he it took him a while to find out he was a prisoner in this village, and you know I don't want to be in that village, I, I don't want somebody to create a universal or and this thing about uh, um, uh, Freakerberg or Backerberg or Bilderberg was uh, uh, Zuckerberg. Trying to get everybody to, to to be you talk about the Neuralink. He's trying to get everybody with 3D glasses. He wants everybody to stay in their house and and have a virtual life with some 3D glasses and stuff. This is I'm not, I'm not making that up. He wants yeah, to create he wants to create a life for people like he's God in this kind of digital universe. Man, that's some scary stuff. I would not enter into that universe at all. Absolutely, that's I'm one universe I stay out of. I'm glad you encourage critical thinking, and I'm very much not a transhumanist. I, I go the other direction toward, I, I even came up with a word, so we have one, um, revhumanism, which is re just really revitalizing, returning, really connecting with Earth, with each other, true relationships, authenticity, you know, just genuine people being with mm -hmm. each other. So it's true, you know, connections all together. We really need that, and it's always here. You know, when you look at the Bible, then that's what Jesus is talking about. You know, it's very much a spiritual path. And this transhumanist stuff, like getting in, I don't even want to say what Zuckerberg is creating. I, I'm not a fan of it either. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just uh, very, it could be, a, a, it's addictive once mm -hmm. for some people because yeah. it's very attractive and it, it appeals to some of the vices. I'll give you, or, I'll give you an example yeah. that I checked out of that out of that world of the, of Facebook. I don't know how many thousands I, I may have maxed out on, 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 on that, uh, uh, right. situation. But anyway, I want to get out of that. I just didn't like the control mechanisms. I didn't no. like, I didn't like the overlays to reveal content, click here, or mm. here, here's a message, go here before you read what this person says. So anyway, whatever thousands of friends I had, well, I just left Facebook. I just left. Well, anybody knows right. me knows I have this show and I've had this show since 2003, not a single virtual friend or whoever the hell they were tried to contact me and say, where'd you go? Wow. And you would think that, you know, I'm kind of out there, you know, I've kind of got some public notoriety, at least at my level. I'm not anybody, I'm not saying anything better than anybody. I'm just, I've got a face, i got a presence. i got an internet presence, put it that way, right? Right. Uh, not, in, not nearly as big as, as, as most people, but still, I had all those people and then I, I checked out. So I, I kind of learned a lesson that of, of that, that, uh, that that little that little like that you get that gives you that little hit that dopamine or whatever it is it, 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 it's it's not real and it takes away from your real life and really I've opened up more time for real life since I got off of that than I got off Twitter so man that worked pretty good man I'm gonna get off Twitter same thing <laughs> nobody nobody from Twitter said hey hey what up Big D where you at bruh 
And nobody's saying, where, where are you at, brah? Nobody, I said, well, one, I'm not wearing a bra, but whatever. I am not, I'm not on there, you know, so. Right. But, but the further I get away from social media, the happier I am. And the less news I consume, the happier I am. I, I feel like we, everyone and people watching the program, man, we just need to, and you're doing it, just trying to make a difference. However you can make a difference. Somebody said, well, well, this quantum universe stuff and and uh, you know the guest website is you know is you know reality shift i don't do that whatever well that's because she's doing it that's your that's what you're that's what that's the vehicle that you're using to try to make a difference you're trying to make a difference i'm not saying everything you say is correct neither what i say is correct 100 percent either but everyone has a gift in the live chat and i'm saying everyone needs to try to make a difference back to you're saying and i like what you said about getting back to human relationships getting back right. to people Right. And out of this metaverse of doom, I think it's, and what, what is that? They call them Facebook met, meta. What is that? They're that's it sounds like a little shifty little deal there. I don't like that. I don't like anything that people are doing. It's an attempt to move people into that transhumanist um, kind of a false reality and by inviting them in, like, come on in and you can buy your way in. It's just, the whole thing just seems like some false, creepy carnival, you know, it, I don't like the the feeling of it, but I'm not really into the alternate reality thing. I know a lot of people are into mm-hmm. gaming, and so for the, I think it's supposed to be attractive to gamers, supposedly. How is but, that a thing? How is gamers a thing? Once they get a job, I mean, once they go outside, mm-hmm. I, you know, it's it's it, it just kills me when I go camping or something and see little kids walking around with a cell phone. I hate that. I wish the parents would say, you know, this ain't happening here. You know, you put your foot down, man. Give them, let them see a a daggone butterfly somewhere. Or try to catch a fish or do something, you know. <laughs> look for a Bigfoot. You know, the Bigfoot out there. Why not look for them? Right. Yeah, kids need time away from those devices. And the people that are creating those systems don't let their children use them. You know, mm-hmm. the Zuckerbergs of the world. That, you talk about yeah. human r- r- relations, Cynthia. That's, right. Some yeah. really terrible stuff has happened during the lockdown, they said, to kids. Mm-hmm. Because they missed out on... On, re, on interaction with other kids, which is at the critical moment of their development. And I right. got a feeling there's going to be some severe development conditions here as a result. And I don't know if they're still doing it. And the thing about masks, and I'm, I don't, again, I'm, I got to put that out there just because I'm trying to get back to human. But if, yeah. a, if a child can't see a reaction, you know, a right. smile, you know, uh, that's how we as human beings react, communicate. And it's not always talk it's it's visual you know and you need those things you need the assurance take that away and what do you got you know you don't you got a confused child who who's just being abused really as far as i'm concerned i'm sorry go ahead that's okay yeah no i'm, I'm better with now. you there no i i <laughs> I, yeah, I agree. And I, it seems like there are some terrible things happening B- back to what you were saying earlier about not being able to say certain things. I've actually been shut out of Facebook for a couple of months in the last year. There were two different one month periods where I was unable to post. And, and so these do? corporations have the ability. Yeah, because I, you know, I, I'm thinking outside the box and I'm critical thinker. So I'm mm-hmm. asking things, looking at things, supporting people who the powers that be have decided or are not part of their team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, it, it's very easy for these things to happen and very mm-hmm. easy to end up on the outsider side of things. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's, I think the big challenge in these times for me personally is how do I 
bring some of the things I'm finding through critical thinking, some of the things you're touching on, some things we haven't even talked about, but they're right there and they affect all of us and they have to do with our health, our well-being, our safety. Mm-hmm. How can we, when we find out these things and we know that we can visualize a better future, how can we present these things in a way that can reach everybody that um, that could hear it but is being prevented from hearing it because they're getting this other message. They're getting bombarded with it, as you know. From- yeah, well, I don't want to miss anything. You Is there, is there a, a topic that you came prepared and wanted to talk about? Let's get into it. Well, um, yeah, the, basically the Mandela effect is kind of the big thing for how we can all collectively as a community start steering spaceship Earth. You know, how can we collectively choose timelines? What's really going on? And so I'm part of something called the International Mandela Effect Conference, and we'll have a live stream next Wednesday. That's um, Wednesday. I don't have the the date in front of me. What is today? The 23rd? So Mm -hmm. 4, 5, 6, 7. So it'll be April 27th, starting at 2 o'clock Eastern time. The channel is International Mandela Effect Conference channel. Our guest will be Chad from Open Your Reality, and we'll be talking about we always start by talking about Lazarus species. These are extinct animals that are coming back, um, that kind of thing. So we love to cover like some of the good news that's happening around the planet. The Mandela effect is basically showing us that there might be something you could call a golden timeline that's there for all of us. So no matter how bad things may look, uh, this is the, the whole point of quantum jumping and reality shifting. And it, I think it's a point of spirituality. No matter what things look like, basically miracles are always possible. And so mm-hmm. what we do collectively with the International Mandela Effect Conference is we, like, we'll like we be bringing on this guest, Chad. He'll talk about his theories. He likes to talk about simulation theory and spirituality, bring it together. Uh, he's a big follower of Tom Campbell, and we've had Tom Campbell on the show. So mm-hmm. the reason I'm bringing all this up is because no matter where people are, I think sometimes we feel cut off, we feel disempowered, we feel frustrated, we feel like everything that... Like, gosh, they're, they're listening and they're saying, gosh, Daniel's right. Uh, Cynthia's right. This is terrible. But what can we do about it? And what we can do is recognize that collectively we can change literally everything. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I will agree with you on that. Uh, the good book says that life and death are in the power of the tongue and, and that the tongue can set on fire the course of nature. What a prof- found statement that the tongue has that power our words have power so maybe if we speak life then we shall get life if we speak words of death then we shall get that too as well so it right there if somebody in the watching this program say man i can't stay in my life so bad whatever i would say at least from that standpoint if you're not doing what cynthia is saying then i mean which doesn't sound like we're too far of disagreement there that you can speak the bible says you can speak yes you're you're a new existence into your life. Yes. And the power of the tongue is, is sets on fire the course of nature. That's a pretty powerful statement right there. So I think we need to guard our our thoughts and in intents of heart what we speak and make sure that we are speaking life. You know, it seems like the natural human response, and I think it's trained from our bringing up and from the forces that can try to control us. Our natural response is usually kind of negative. You know, somebody, somebody cuts <laughs> in front of you, they're liable to get the bird or get cussed at, right? I mean, yeah. there's... Uh, you know, you get your fri- you get your fries a little late. Your fries don't come with your hamburger. Okay, no, that's the end of the world right there, ain't it? Well, somebody's going somebody's going to hear about that, ain't they? So, uh, you know, I just and, you know what. And by the way, speaking of that, 
I was I was going to uh, I was going to a barbecue with the wife and uh, a barbecue step place with the wife and I said I said we're gonna get a free cake. It just came to my head. We're gonna get a free cake. Now that's such a bizarre thing that I don't even know why I said it. Now right. you know where I'm going, right? We got there and the waiter said, Hey, how would you like a free cake? I kid you not. So I don't. But now there, did I speak that into existence? Or did I align my thoughts? Did I tune in to a future timeline hours away? Was I able to tag into that somehow? Both. It's a handshake. It breaks, you know, you're basically saying, I feel like that's right there. I feel an adjacent reality. And the adjacent reality is, yep, you got it. You know, so you're speaking it into reality, but you're also feeling it's there. So... You're feeling it's it's like it's almost like someone's broadcasting from some reality. Anybody want free cake? Come over here right now if you want it. And like, yes. And you speak it into being because you can kind of hear it. And this is the intuition that we're constantly using with one another. We totally are jumping between realities mm-hmm. all the time. And it doesn't feel like like you went from one world to another. How, how so, do you how do you how do you respond to a, a scientist, a naturalist who says that's not you're premonition. You're not having premonitions. You're having a chemical reaction, a biological reaction, and your synapses are firing in a certain order, uh, convincing you that there's some spiritual event happening. How do you respond to people that that believe that all is that they're all that there is? That is not nothing. Is n- it's not any kind of supernatural thing or other dimensional thing or you know it's all sort of like the the, the near death experience. They say, well, you see a tunnel because this chemical's over here and, and you're dying and so it's injecting something over here and so your brain seeing that as a light you know it's like come on man stop that yeah how do you know yeah. that were you there <laughs> but anyway how do you how do you explain to somebody that there might be you know a, a, mm-hmm. a sort of a scientific mind a factual mind who can't can't get this what we even what right. we're talking about well i did write my book quantum jumps for such a conversation it starts off very much um focused on the the way that we tend to come from this place of left brain thinking. We're very rational. We're very analytical. We want to understand things maybe like the placebo effect. Is there a science behind it? Um, so I present the science behind things like photosynthesis and there are quantum processes that nature uses all the time. And it basically starts indicating sort of a path or a road that there's something going on that's not simply material realism, but it's being driven by underlying consciousness everywhere for ourselves, for plants, for animals. Um, when we're healing with the placebo effect, all of these things. As far as convincing someone, uh, the best luck I've had is my family because I think people who are close to me, they're going to see it all the time They're because they're, they're with me. And so that um, I've had interesting conversations with my parents, my sister, just describing, like, remember when this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened. It's basically miracle, 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 mm-hmm. miracle. Mm-hmm. And then there, um, my dad, he started off as an atheist. I, I think probably I've had a big impact on his life because now he doesn't call himself an atheist. He says he's agnostic. I, I, mm-hmm. He's witnessed so many miracles, uh, including my grandmother's liver cancer vanishing, um, which she credited to God. And you know, yeah. she was very close with Jesus. So... Uh, just miracle after miracle after miracle. But if people aren't witnessing that, it's really hard. So, um, but now my family uh, on several occasions has said, um, Cynthia, can you just do that thing you do? 
meaning can you basically bring about a miracle because our dishwasher is broken or what have you. And it makes me laugh and smile. And uh, I, I like that respect, but that's only because they've witnessed it for decades around me. And, and so I think if people aren't seeing that and getting that constant experience, that there's another way to embrace the world, that there is this uh, truth that Jesus spoke of, that he had that faith, that he could walk on water. And I believe all those miracles. I, I believe those miracles. You know, I'm, to me, those are not some storybook tale. That's real. And I think I think they're they're important because they challenge us to kind of blow our rational analytical mind. We need mm -hmm. that so much. Mm -hmm. I think we need it now more than ever. Mm -hmm. well, I, I would agree with you 100 percent. Like I say, the, the mind is uh, in fact, the, the Bible had a comment on the mind, too. It says that the, the mind cannot know God. It is enmity against God. God can't be known with the carnal mind. You can't think in God. And that's the thing that people said, well, how is it that yeah. God came into the consciousness of mankind unless God put it there? Because there's nothing in nature that says there's a God. You know, although to, to another scripture, it says nature declares there is a God. Yes. But but, but so back in the day, you know, where's their frame of reference? You know, they see a tree. Well, they figure, well, the tree's always been there, you know, whatever. So they don't, you know, they, they're not, the mind isn't subject to the laws of God. It can't, it can't know it. But Something externally had to come in and like an aha moment of some kind of revelation, some kind of moment said that said that tree was designed. It was put there by an unseen power. And then from there, we have the mankind's quest to know spiritual matters and have been talking about it for for as long as we've been on the planet. So um, but the mind is always trying to block us, like I said earlier, from those advancements of the heart or of faith or of trying to change the situation by how we speak out things like that. So um, I think we just, we need to exercise those sort of gifts, those sort of thoughts. And if somebody, right. if somebody wants to communicate with me and they, they meet me out in the street, I'll, I'll know in 10 seconds or maybe a minute, how about a minute? If, if there's, if, if it's, if it's a, mm -hmm. if it's a dead hole, if it's, if it's <laughs> because I'll hear from them, I'll get, Hey, weather's great. Okay, good. Okay. Hey, they got to sell, they got to sell at Walmart. I, I think I told a previous guest this the other day. I said, <laughs> I, said I don't want to know about Walmart. And I don't want to know about taxes going up. I know the gas prices are outrageous. Right. If I, if I, and, and you can say that, but if somewhere along the conversation, you don't say, you know what, man, I, I, I had this feeling this, the other day, you know, this deja vu. If I can't get the, if I don't hear nothing like that, it's like I'm busy, you know, because I'm looking for that kind of thing. I'm looking for those gems, those jewels that move us spiritually ahead and talking about the situations of the earth, the earthly sort of things. We all have to get deal with them, but we're not going to get anywhere unless we start moving and questioning and exploring, you know, the sort of higher realms. Right. I, I like to ask that question, how good can it get? And it has that, I mean, it might sound very material, it might sound very earthly, but ultimately, to me, that's a spiritual invitation. And it's a spiritual invocation. It's to say, how good can everything get? How good can I get? How God can everything get? How God can I get? It's really acknowledging that there is this ultimate, um, absolute, consciousness this presence of so much love that is so much greater than anything that any one of us could grasp in any you know in our, in its totality it's more than our brains can handle like you said it's so much more and i think it's our pride that leads us to think that our sciences can be comprehensive and that we can 
find our way out of the problems we've made with um, more so-called advances in technology that have not been necessarily well thought out. I'm not going to get into specifics, but do, do <laughs> we have you, a lot of examples. Do you right think now. there's a <laughs> Do you think there's a universal truth that anyone who lands on it that 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 universal truth, whatever it may be, is 100% truth, and that there can for anybody anybody that would see that, no matter how many opposing opinions they've had about other matters. You think if there is a truth that everyone would know that there is truth? Because I've heard people say, and maybe you said, I don't know, uh, you know, what is your mm -hmm. truth? You know, your truth is not my truth. Well, I'm asking the question is, is there a truth that is irrefutable that crosses all the strata, all the bounds, all the belief systems that there is a, tr there is a truth? Well, that's a good question. And th this gets into philosophy. And my favorite um, philosophical book currently is called Axiogenesis by Nicholas Rescher. And he's a process philosopher. And what he's getting at is why is there anything at all? Ph philosophers do this. You know, it would be like a philosopher question would be, is there an absolute truth? And if there is, what is it? Um, Nicholas Rescher's book, Axiogenesis, is all based on that question. Why is there anything at all? And when I read that book, to me, it, I come away with this feeling like um, like God. To me, it's a book about God. That's how I read it. I know mm -hmm. it doesn't say it's about God, but it's all about goodness. And it's basically saying that there is this ultimate consciousness. There has to be. Mm -hmm. And um, so I think if anybody's thinking about it, why is there anything at all? Mm -hmm. Maybe we wouldn't think that we agree that that's because there's God. But I think if you think about it the way a philosopher does, then there you are. I think it's a brilliant book. So. Okay. All right. Let's uh, let's uh, kind of sort of finish the show with the questions. We've got a number of questions coming in, so let's get these in here. And yes. uh, because there's a number of them. So, all right. Uh, put you away first. Says since we are energy, how many volts do we put out? <laughs> oh gosh. Well, well, this is a good question, and I don't know the answer. I do, I do, I do, I do, because I, I watched The Matrix, and The Matrix. Oh, nice, yes. The, yes, my, yes. the Matrix said that we put out. We're little batteries. A, a little battery, a, uh -huh. a 1.5 volt. All right, here's another question. <laughs> That's is, funny. is is the Mandela effect caused by the powers that be use time travel technologies to change things in the past? Uh, I believe we all have access to the Mandela effect, so it's it's ours. Let's take let's grab hold of that, and the the I think that the elites and the powers that be would love to get control over it, but that's going to be out of their hands. So it's kind of similar to that feeling in the Matrix where Neo recognizes like, wow, we can do this. Mm -hmm. um, so I think we can all come together and start uh, changing reality. Make make a reality that we would most like to see together. Okay, and this is from Jade, our moderator. Is quantum entanglement a danger to the population as scientists <laughs> are still learning and they don't know how to untangle them? Um, you mean in a computer environment? Hopefully, is what they're talking about. Um, well, there's always a danger when technology first starts out because, like we've been saying through this whole show, humans have pride. We we often forget that we're actually um, would be better off remembering that, that God exists and that we can work together. <laughs> that mm -hmm. would be good to remember that. Um, and also keep blessings and prayers when we do science. Very seldom do we do that. So is there a danger? Probably. Uh, but mm -hmm. good news, there, because there are so many of us that know that God is the greatest that there is, because we know that, and it doesn't matter what things may look like um, within this uh, field of entanglement, that means entanglement with me, with everybody else who shares that sense of spirituality. Um, 
we together collectively are entangled as well. So if there is something that's about to go wrong with well, the, whatever, the, the, whatever technology, it's okay. The American, well, the, American, the American Indian said life is a web and what you do yes. to the web, you do to yourself. Right. All right. Rose says, is quantum jumping the same thing as time travel or teleportation? What's the difference? Well, it includes things like time travel. I've got examples of teleportation in the book Quantum Jumps where people have um, basically teleported. Um, some, in some places, young children were teleporting all over this small village in Italy. In another place, um, someone teleported across the earth. So there have been reports of teleportation. Um, time travel can also happen. It seems like that one doesn't seem to happen. Um, it's not reported as often, not yet, but I've, I've heard a lot of reports and I've been documenting it on my Reality Shifters website for more than 20 years. There's a whole time shift page on that website going into all kinds of things, everything from time loops, time travel, you name it. So it's a huge, um, fascinating aspect to this whole phenomenon. Okay. Um, did some bad people or evil forces put us in some alternate timeline that we don't belong in? Well, they might try to do that. It may be that that has in one reality stream occurred. Um, and I actually feel like I've got memories of coming from a dystopian possible future 500 years from now. So I feel like I'm a time traveler. So I feel like that's inspired quite a bit of my work. Um, in fact, that mm -hmm. I would like to make sure that we do not ever make artificial intelligence our golden idol in any way, shape, or form. It should only be a, part, a partner. It should never be something that we think, oh, let's just hand it all over to that. Definitely not. Mm. So you know, it, so if, if such a thing is possible, and I think it is, then don't worry because people like me have already been there, seen it, and we're back to change it. So mm. um, okay. the, the game is already in play. Well, now some people would believe we live in a dystopian future right now. <laughs> Um, I know. Well, I this... would concur. There's some evidence for that. I'm still evaluating the evidence. All right. Yep. Uh, Bear from our Bear Report says, is consciousness the only thing that is real? Good question. Yeah. When you talk about what is real, what is that? And I would say that to me, consciousness is the only thing that is real. But we get into problems when we try to dis define either one of those two words, consciousness and reality. But um, I think your listeners are very educated and they, they're definitely out-of-the-box thinkers, so mm -hmm. then you can understand well, that's a, that that's a, there's... That's another Matrix quote where <laughs> Morpheus says, welcome to the real. Now, the real was a blown-up world, and maybe maybe it could be good that we don't, we're not living in a world that I think has been created for us to live in, and that may, you know they're going to plug us in and make it think, hey, every, hey, we got little birds flying around, and it's just it's just wonderful. All right, um, <laughs> and when they can, yeah, when they convince you that six, $7 a gallon gas is great, and you should be happy... Or if you don't have a job, you should be happy. Then, uh, in fact, some people say, "Hey, you shouldn't even own anything." So, you know, be glad that you can't buy nothing. The shelves are empty. All right, if we got this. Smoke C says, uh, "Cynthia, how 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 can human lives on spirit? Oh, I live. How can humans live on spirit alone and go without food or water?" Well, I've not met someone that does that, but I've heard they exist. So um, I don't know. Uh, I tried to I, get well, a I tried to get a guest on there. I found a guy who says he. He eats air. Right. And But he died, so I couldn't get him on the show. Oh, man. That Go figure. I guess he had some bad air, man. 
but the, the, th the thinking of it comes from this zero entropy point, which is God. And basically, if you draw all your strengths directly from zero entropy, which has no no time, you know, it's timeless, it's eternal, it's infinite. So it's right there at the pinnacle. Mm -hmm. And if you're constantly in touch with that, that you can draw all your strength, energy, and vitality, it maybe it's possible. Mm -hmm. I don't think humans are set up naturally to do that. So it's it would take um, some kind of natural, you know, skill set that maybe some of the ancient yogis have developed. I, I, you know, it's the kind of thing you might hear about from yogis and Tibetan um, mm -hmm. Buddhist monks and so forth. So yeah. some people may yeah. attain that. I think some people have been watching Yogi Bear instead of talking to the actual yogi. <laughs> Believe says, how can you convince someone about the Mandela effect is real? Well, that's a tough one. Um, I would caution against trying to convince anyone. Don't do don't do a hard sale. Um, do a soft sell. So just basically ask questions, mm -hmm. and even then, you, they may be basically admitting that they're noticing Mandela effects, but they may not be ready to be admitting mm -hmm. it. So I know yeah, that I've, what weird. I've done. What I've done is I've <laughs> yeah. I've used the Mr. Rogers neighborhood. Hey, I said, hey man, I'm, I want to sing a song. You sing it with me, uh, and I'll go like this. What what was that first line? Uh, it's a wonderful. It's a it's it's wonderful and I'll play like that and they'll go it's a wonderful day in the neighborhood and they go yeah it's, I, that's I said what well, that's not what it says now it says it's a wonderful day in that neighborhood what, wait a minute <laughs> nobody remembers that okay it it was it was always it's a wonderful day anyway so I, that's I've I've got people to kind of think huh. I guess well, so. I, I've tried that with martial artists about the kidneys. You know, I only ask them, where's the kidney punch? Because they're martial artists, right? So mm -hmm. they, they know that. You know, the place that you don't strike because if you do, they might urinate blood and then they might die. And martial artists all know where that is. Like, show me. Show me where the kidneys mm -hmm. are. So they put their hands on their lower back. Mm -hmm. And then I say, well, guess what? Kidneys aren't there anymore. And then they say, what? And what are you talking about? Like, go ahead and check it yourself. Look mm -hmm. where the kidneys are. Mm -hmm. They've moved up. They're under the rib cage. They're in relative safety right now. Wow. Like, no way. Yes way. So, way. but but it, but even even when you, when I do that, if they're not ready to get the whole concept, then mm -hmm. they're just not ready. So be gentle with people. If they're not ready, that's yeah. okay. Well, here we're back in the matrix. Some people are not ready to be unplugged yet. And uh, I feel sorry for him. Another another phone one I got. Anybody in the live chat, you can do this anytime. How, how many buildings collapsed in 9/11? Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> do, do, you, do you know? Do you know? The actual number? 9/11 um, is so weird. So many bizarre things happened that day. Like, mm -hmm. do you know there was an offshore tornado that was happening mm -hmm. that was due to strike the city of New York? Um, I don't remember that. That was mm -hmm. like what? <laughs> Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. With, you could ask people in the chat to type it in, too. See what oh, people oh, say. Wait, wait, wait. You're not going to answer the question? Well, I remember that the two towers, okay. and then there's okay. building good. seven. Very good. So, yeah. so how many? The It seems like three would be what people would say, you know, that by remembering those. Okay. All right. And uh, Max says, how do you achieve total consciousness? Wow. Well, that's like enlightenment, right? Total consciousness Ooh. would be hitting that Nirvana zero, right zero entropy point. Yeah. I think practice with uh, spiritual or meditative practice regularly. Um, basically, get out of your ego. So try not to be making it like I have to do this by such and such a date and time. Leave it to God. So, you know, if this happens, great. Be humble and make it just a regular, make the practice the thing. Make your spiritual path your thing. That's how. That's how I'd recommend it. Some, some, I asked the question, how many bills went down? Somebody said all of them. 
Well, see, that shows you they're, they, they're living in some kind of weird universe right there. Uh, are the purveyors of today's transhumanism time travelers from the future? That's, oh, wow, interesting question. That would really be kind of creepy, right? <laughs> uh, it's possible. It can happen. Yeah, it can happen. Depends on what timeline I, you're on. I'm not a fan of that transhumanism. You already know how I stand on that. Yeah. And I do feel like I'm from the future. I feel like I've seen a nightmare. So I feel like I've come back to say, you know what, dudes, let's not do that. Let's um, seriously not do that. That's hmm. absolutely not do that. That, that, reminds, but, that reminds me of Pirates of the Caribbean where when the woman was on the ship and the, the ghost pi- uh, captain says, do you believe in nightmares? I hope so, because you're in one. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's get to another question. How do you jump to another timeline? Okay. Well, basically, you want to be all aligned. I mentioned that briefly. So you want to make sure that what you need is what you love is what you want. This That's all of yourself, your gut, your heart, your head, um, all of one piece. So you're not doing mutiny on the bounty with the crew going one way and, you know, the captain another. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we lead our lives that way. We tell ourselves, I want the steady nine to five job. I want what everybody tells me on TV I should want, but you don't mm-hmm. really want that. So yeah. you need to kind of learn what you really need. Isn't that interesting? Isn't really, that interesting? Yeah. Why do we, why does somebody like Pepsi over Coke? You know, they're the same yeah. person. It's, it's crazy. Our, our tastes have been programmed. I mean, there's a, lot right. of, there's a lot of programming going on here, you know? I mean, yeah. there, there was a time when the Marlboro man was the guy all those guys wanted to be. I, I got the hat, might as well get a cigarette too, be a Marlboro man. That was marketed. So, so how, how much do we know and what we believe is our, our own self? Well, I love what you're doing. I love that what you described your process. You to hear anything that, that is presented and you flip it around. I love it. I, I talk about something like that in my book, Reality Shifts, where uh, question everything. You really want to remove all your beliefs. You want to unplug, unplug, unplug like crazy and get it all the way unplugged and then start over, start clean. Mm-hmm. And most of us don't do that to the point that we can get that clear. But this is so important when you're quantum jumping to get really to that place of law alignment. So you're not fake. You're not trying to do something that you've been programmed to do, but instead you're you're authentic. You're on task with what your spiritual intent is. You feel like you're really present. What you really care about is what you really care about. And then with that, um, this opens up a tremendous amount of energy. So you need energy to make a quantum jump. The quantum jump would be maybe you're sick with some disease and it's incurable and the doctors tell you that, but um, pretty much anything can change. And so mm-hmm. when, you've, when you've got a need and you've got the feeling of love for yourself and for mankind and you're hooking up with this energy source, I would recommend God. That is the ultimate energy source. So I would totally recommend that approach. Just feel like if you believe in God, that's so much easier. This is the science of miracles then. And what you're doing with quantum jumps is you're just recognizing, I'm going to act as if I've made that jump and I'm going to have faith. And I'm going to know that because I need it, because I love it, because I want it, and because I'm going to be in service in some way, there's a reciprocity here. You know, it's feeling like Mm -hmm. I will be contributing. Mm -hmm. I'll be helping people. Mm -hmm. Um, Then you got it. Whatever it is, um, as long as it's something you truly need, then you're not lying to yourself. And it's something mm-hmm. that you genuinely and thing love we don't want to do. and it's authentic. Yeah. If we're going to lie to people, at least don't lie to yourself. Yeah, don't. But but, but it's like what you said. People, they hear the programming and they, they absorb it like sponges. And, mm-hmm. and then you have to rip that stuff out and realize that's not me. That's not who I really am. Mm. As a well of movie quotes that I am, 
another thought talking about hesitating before you internalize what when especially if all the system is telling you the same thing if the religious educational governmental philosophers big business if they're all telling you the same thing that's a warning sign right there <laughs> because there's a borg out there there's a collective out there and they want us all to be a part of it i want to be a free human being as long as i could possibly be but yeah. the quote is from the outlaw Josie Wells. I learned I learned a truth, a truism from that movie. Uh, there's this snake oil salesman in the old west, and he's got this snake oil, and he's selling it to people. And he talks to this Indian. His name's Dan George in real life. I think it was Lone Wadi in the movie. And he says he goes, Hey, you're an Indian. Why don't you try some of this elixir here, this snake oil, or whatever? He and and in a amazing uh, uh, um, just response he said what's in it and the guy the salesman says he was startled somebody asked him what's in it said, I don't know I'm just a salesman then he goes well you drink it and that was a phenomenal statement and so somebody told me to take a certain medicine mm-hmm. and I asked them the same question mm-hmm. what's in it <laughs> well what they tell me is shut up well, shut up is, is not an ingredient. No. Being banned is not an ingredient. I just said, well, what's in it? And right. if you're not going to tell me, then you take it and get back to me, okay? I learned that from Lone Wadi, man, and outlaw Josie Wales. All right, hey, uh, final question looks like uh, before we get have to go here. Um, is Kim Jennings a time traveler? I don't know, Kim. Tell me more. Who is this? Uh, indeed, the, indeed the, one of the winningest person on... Uh, Jeopardy? I don't know. Is that somebody? Oh, right. Okay. I don't know, but I've heard that before. Somebody, anybody that got any other information on that? Because I, I don't know, I, but I have heard something about time travel on that. So. Oh, it's possible. Um, I think a lot of people have this capability, so it's more common, more prevalent than people realize. It's part of our makeup. We, we travel through space. We don't think much of it. We're all time travelers in the sense that we remember things in the past. Mm-hmm. We can imagine things in the future. We can have future memories that actually come true. So we all have access to time travel much more than we realize. So is, is that person a time traveler? It's possible. And they might even know that they can kind of browse through all these realities and keep picking the one where I'm going to win again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, uh, Cynthia Sue. Larson, we're at the end of the broadcast. Any final thoughts? Any way, anything you want to tell people how to get your book or anything about your website, you go right ahead. Yeah, please sign up for my newsletter if you're feeling so inspired. It's realityshifters.com. I never sell the list to anybody, and it's a monthly newsletter that just shares firsthand reports of these kinds of experiences we're talking about and whatever else has happened in the previous month. And you can always um, find out how to access me and reach me through all these social media things that I'm allowed to act, you know, the ones that haven't shut me out. <laughs> and wow. that's, that's accessible through realityshifters.com. Mm-hmm. And my books are there too. And I've, I think you've been doing such a great job. Thank you, Daniel, for everything you're doing. And uh, together with all of us, I'm just liking to ask that question, how good can it get no matter mm-hmm. what it looks like mm-hmm. for, all, well, for that, all of us? That's a positive, positive way to look at it rather than how bad it can get, which is the exact opposite. Somebody's telling you, man, you not you not believe how bad it is. And I'm going to respond, well, how good can it get? Yes. Victory, you got it. Victory is ours. We, we're claiming victory tonight. And with Absolutely. that, Cynthia, I appreciate you coming on the show. I'll send you links when we upload and edit. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye.